You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazid. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 91 of Besiktas International, the Black Eagles podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, as always. And alongside me today, the prodigal son, if you will, everyone's favorite co-host. I say this without reservation. Kanbayazid, everybody. How you doing, man? Doing great, thank you. Uh, well, you know, as great as we can as Bishop fans right now in in this yeah, dire season. I think, yeah, we probably all thought it couldn't get couldn't get any worse last season. And, <laughs> I think we may have even said and, that. And this exactly. season happens. Oh uh, yeah, all, all the gleeful laughing we did at Fenerbahce is slowly coming to back in back to haunt us. Oh, mainly no. you, Sina. May I oh, remind man. you, we're the one who was mainly rubbing the salt in the wound for them uh, there. But, as soon as uh, you mentioned that, I started blushing because it was absolutely me that was like uh, getting the, the the most out of that experience. But. Yeah. Uh, I'd counter, you know, maybe, maybe you're not there yet. <laughs> we could still. Oh, I don't know. I, I'd argue we're worse off. I know, I know, I know. Well, let's 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 uh, properly introduce everything, and then I, I have a feeling we'll probably get into that. Um, yeah. But so yeah, of course, as our listeners, our loyal listeners, will note, uh, we are back again after a bit of a quasi delay. Not not so much. Like we're back on the weekly routine. But so, as such, I'm going to announce that officially we are moving to a weekly format. We're going to become like a weekly Besiktas news um, source, so that we're not going to follow every matchup with a short report. Uh, with all the with all the people uh, that we're working with now, and all the schedules and time zones, it's become increasingly difficult to align everything properly. But uh, we will stick to our weekly episode. We're going to record. Every Fridays, I think, so it should be sort of nice weekend fair or uh, Monday morning if you want to hold off on it till uh, your commute, whatever it might be. But so, yeah, that's the format. And we're going to sort of, as such, shift into a more conversational tone here. We're not going to talk so much about what happened in the... I'm not going to do the whole report. Uh, maybe I'll do a little stat thing as, as we wind up the conversation because that can be... You know, I've, we've gotten compliments on that being somewhat informative or whatever, but... Um, <laughs> Did you hear that? Um, yeah, what was that? Was that your, uh, we, was that your what's it, Tamagotchi? So, <laughs> Do you need to feed your Tamagotchi or have <laughs> let it let it have a crap? <laughs> we have, uh, this is going to, I, I don't know if I'm going to edit it out in the future or what, I'll try, no, no, no. but we have a little Tamagotchi. cuckoo clock now, which is like, I just oh. realized, it's super <laughs> annoying and like, I, whatever, alright, I don't want to get into it. But, um, That's a callback, I used to have, I, I don't know where I got it. I used to have one uh, myself. I don't know where I got it. it. Was like when I was a kid, I had a little cuckoo clock with a little bird coming out of it. Yeah, no, it. we got a little bird popping out. That's what just happened. Uh, so if you hear that, you know that 
here in New York City. You can even, it'll, you know, coo the, the correct amount of hours that it is in the day. So you'll know what it, time it is. It reminds me of that scene in, in, in Pinocchio, in Disney's Pinocchio, you know, where, where all the cuckoo clocks go off at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be funny if things align somehow for the episode. But anyway, that's what that is, if you hear it. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, Aside from maybe a little bit of a statistical review of matches at some point in the conversation, um, we're pretty much just going to talk. So prepare yourselves. Buckle in. Uh, but so, Khan, let's talk first, of course, about this Ankara-Guju match, our last Super League match uh, before the upcoming one, which we'll also preview towards the end of the episode. But uh, Ankara-Guju was a tough pill to swallow i would say uh what were your thoughts on that one Khan? uh going into it or afterwards uh oh yes yeah talk yeah let's talk a little bit about going into the match so um the lineup itself you know burak was there right that was pre yeah i mean i think we went with uh with um, i don't know if there were any surprises in the lineup uh burak was there as you mentioned uh, I think Guven did Guven. I think Guven started too, on right? Didn't he? he started on the left wing. Yeah. German lands on the right. Yeah. yeah. Diaby I, I thought, actually started you know, behind Burak, which was a sort of surprise, right. maybe. I think I think Diaby started on the wings and and Guven started behind him or whatever it was. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I, I kind of uh, understood. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be like a, a four four two. Oh, or maybe a three-five-two, whatever. I hope he was. I, I was hoping he was going to play with two strikers there. Uh, I, I agreed with the decision of omitting Laich. I think that he's been very poor this season. Um, yeah, he needed that shake-up, maybe. What about playing yeah. El Neni alongside Atiba? You know, the double defensive midfielder uh, rotation there. Yeah, well, with Dorkan out, with Ozan out. Uh, yeah, I, I think he was limited in choices. Um, he could have, of course, played light there, but I think the decision was made to to put him on the bench for a week because of his poor performances this season. Now, whether that's entirely down to light, uh, I don't think so. I think that I don't think he functions that well in in that left mid left central midfielder role, which we've been playing a four, because we've been playing four three three all season, uh, and rather than being played as a central attacking midfielder, he's being played as a le left central midfielder, which puts him away from like it, it puts him like 20 25 meters further away from goal. Which when he gets whenever he gets the ball in midfield, basically you're either expecting him to dribble three guys. Or set up a pass, but then most of the games this season we've had Guven the black hole up top. So I mean, the he doesn't have hole. much option. Yeah, he doesn't have much options there. There's not not much opportunity for him to look for a one-two that far from goal either. I mean, it's it's just not where he's is played best. I think your bet. Obviously, for Leij, his best position is a 10. And I think secondary, you're going to want to play him as a left winger. But I think that left central midfield, the role, just that far away from goal, just doesn't function. I so say, I do yeah. blame... I do blame Afchi for um, not getting the best out of Leij, but of course Leij has his responsibility too. Therefore, this decision was, was I think, logical. Uh, and like I said, you know, I think two strikers against Angerekju would have made sense, but it, I don't really know if that was what we were doing. And um, I mean, throughout the game, we doesn't, didn't really create much. I think we had a, one good opportunity in the first half where Diaby basically uh, went on a run through the, through the heart of 
of Ankaragücü's defense, and then at the last final second, split second, uh, Kulusic managed to get his foot in between uh, Diaby and and his shot before yeah. he, because he was one on one with uh, with uh, Korjan, our former youth, well, our, our academy product, Korjan Chelikai. Um, and just before he gets his his shot on target, uh, Kulusic slips a toe in there and, and manages to block it. And I think that was like the highlight of the first half. Yeah, and, and like, one thing that sort of bothered me was people were really giving Diaby mm-hmm. a hard time about that rather than giving Kulusic credit. And I actually thought... Oh, it was a fantastic. He came from nowhere, you know? I mean, I think Diaby's thinking, here's an open eye. I can just tap it. And he tapped it. And somehow Kulusic, like, he was like, he came from behind someone or something and he dove. I mean, it was it was exceptional defending. I thought, for people who were giving Diaby yeah, a hard time for not finishing that, I thought that was very unfair. Especially because it wasn't like a natural more... position for Diaby to, to shoot from. It's just that the goal was so wide open. So the fact that he put it on target should have been enough. Oh, I, I, I think you're confused. Aren't you confusing the, the, the chance in the second half? Yeah, I, I am. Big... Talking. I just realized. So, yeah, I, I was yes. talking about the, yeah, so, the second so, half goal. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I was talking about the first half. I think it was just before halftime. He, he basically took the ball, I don't know, I think somewhere on the right wing. And then he like, cut through them like a hot knife through butter. And just before he gets his shot off, Kulisic gets his foot against... I think he just shot shot it and then he like blocked the shot just before he. I think he would have beaten Korchan and I think that would have been the one nil. I mean, and of course, yeah, the the big one that uh, everyone talks about is is the the, the quote unquote open goal uh, in the second half, where yeah, I, I agree with incredible. you, man. Kulusic's his, his save was heroic. Um, of course, people are people are saying well you know he's shooting it right in the middle of the goal why doesn't he put it a little bit more to the if he puts it a little bit more to the right side obviously Kulisic isn't going to be able to get there um but i kind of felt like that ball when it was coming and it was bouncing quite a bit it yeah he, he hit it field. on the hop you know it was yeah a- it wasn't an easy shot um people are are you know people are saying stuff like well my granny would have scored that yeah, I can yeah, guarantee right. you they wouldn't. I mean, I, I, don't <laughs> exactly. know, I don't know if if you've ever played football and have been in that position. Uh, I have. Trust me, those balls are really easy to fuck up on. Those are. That uh, was actually my weakness as a player was was catching things on that like hop because it's a it's an awkward hop when it comes. Yeah, up not just that. Like I mean, it wasn't just hopping; it was also coming in quite quickly. Uh, and it was like mid level, you know, it was at that awkward height that you can't really get a clean contact on. So I thought he actually did pretty well. Obviously, someone like Mario Gomez would put that away. Well, let's not even and, and, and probably, talk about Super Mario. Yeah, and, and probably <laughs> even 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 an off form Burak, which he has been, probably would have put that away too. But this uh, is another I don't one know, of those. Man. He's been a little sloppy, even. This yeah, year. yeah, but and that's another one of those things when you know, I mean, Angelou even got a red card in the seventy sixth minute. Uh, Sedat got sent off for I, yeah. I guess descent or something. I don't know. He got yellow carded, and then he got another yellow card in a time span of like five seconds. But I think that was... he must have done one of the like the the the. the the gestures that are not, you know, that are like, uh, frowned he was upon still, immediately. He was mouthing off still, I think. I mean, his lips kept moving constantly, and he kind of had, yeah, like, yeah. this look on his face. like He must have said something. Yeah, you know? definitely. I think it was a new referee. Uh, this, I think this was a Super League debut for a young ref. Uh, set out a 38-year-old uh, veteran of, of, the, of the of Turkish football, probably had, like, oh, who are what, what kind of a scrub are you or something? I don't know what he said, but you can imagine what, what the old grizzled fet told the new referee. Exactly. Um, so he goes. Well, and I, I actually, I want to quickly say that I approve of this. I think one of the major um, 
points that differs between Turkish refs and when, when Turkish teams play in Europe is that treatment by refs. Like Turkish refs take way too much of that stuff. And I think Turkish players do way too much yapping at refs. And I mm -hmm. feel like if this new crop can come in and kind of uh, adjudicate at the same standards as, as like the, the refs we often face in Europe, maybe Turkish players could sort of shut up a little yeah. bit, you know? Because <laughs> it also, it like brings up the temp, the temper of games often because there's, it, there's too much talking aloud, I feel like. But anyway, that's yeah, another for sure. issue. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you just need to nip that shit in the bud, you know, but... Exactly, um, yeah. But, Don't talk to me like that. Like I'm. It, it needs you know, to be consistent. At the end of the day, it's going to hurt you. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, I, mean, I mean, if, if Emre Belozol is allowed to do it every single time and then everyone else isn't, I mean, if the if the rule book is different for every player, then, then it's not cool. But no, they've, been they've been cracking down on that a lot this season, though, giving yellow cards for even the least bit of the set. I mean, look look at half of the cards that Leitch has gotten this season. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Most of those they've cards even gone overboard on him. Oh, yeah. Because he's not even like... Like the stuff that bugs me about the Turkish the, the Turkish response to referees is how they like get in the ref's face, you know. Like even the slightest contact will get you a card from most refs. But a lot of Turks, Turkish refs, kind of uh, yeah, they'll they'll deal with it, you know. Mm. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't at all. I think. Yeah, but back to the match. I mean, yeah, let's focus. Sent off, and and you know, I don't know how you felt, but even despite that red card, I because at that point Burak had already come off. Because he was injured, and Umut had come on, I think, in his stead. And you know, I, I just as soon as Burak went off, I kind of, for me, it was like, okay, this match is over. Even though he wasn't playing well, I just, it was like, ah, we're not gonna win this. We're not gonna get a, we're not gonna it's get a funny, goal. It's funny because I didn't even realize the guy had been carted off. That's how little of an impact it had on the flow of the match. Like I saw yeah. the fight, and I, I remember he, because it was like a second yellow, and I didn't realize he had the first yellow for some reason. I'd missed that, so I didn't really pay attention, and then. When I looked at the score, like after I saw he'd been red oh card, yeah, the like, little oh red God. card above like, there. <laughs> so I, yeah, it really didn't impact. And I think, I mean, all right, I'll quickly talk about the stats because it's pertinent here. But so, Ankaraguju only had five shots, one on target, throughout the match. You know, so yeah, they didn't even do anything with eleven men. They were not really the aggressors here. Besiktas had fourteen shots on target, uh, fourteen shots, but only four on target. So they were very inefficient up front. A lot of this, like we've talked about two that Kulusic saved, so uh, that's you know, yep. that's him. But Besiktas had 68% of possession to their 32. 576 passes completed at an 86% rate to their 279 at a 68% rate. So statistically, Besiktas was dominant, but mm -hmm. in a way that we've seen so many times. Like I, the stats tell a kind of story which I don't like, and that's that the mistakes we were making last year have carried on into this year, that uh, the ability for us to hold the ball for an entire match but not really assert ourselves in a way that you don't even realize. Like, you could never say we were, like, dominant, I don't think, despite having all that position and all the more shots and all of that. And that's that, for me, is very troubling. That's not a yeah. good sign. Yeah, I guess it uh, kind of depends on how you classify dominant. Uh, I think, you know, in terms of they were, Ankaragiju were clearly the reactionary team. Um, and I think the thing with, with that is Ankaragiju aren't bottom three right now in the league. Um, but objectively, if you look at their squad, they are, I think, easily the worst quality side in the entire league. Yeah. And, and they just have to, 
you see it. You see it in this match too, but that's basically how they've done it so far the entire season. And kudos to them. Uh, they just show a lot of Grinta and they just give it their all and they put their head in front of everything and they just give 110% every single one of their players does and they have a great work ethic in that regard. But you could just, could just see that even how poor we are right now, if you look at the individual com- uh, quality that... They, they they shouldn't even be in the super league on that based on that yeah uh, and and then it's, it just just makes it more painful that we were just so inept of doing anything I like I mean like we said we Diaby had that one chance he created completely for himself and then the second one that he, yeah he should have put it home it was difficult but he should have put it home there's no excuse I mean look we can we can see why he missed it both of you both you and me understand it and, and we both uh, recognize also the class of Kulusic's um, intervention there, but at the end of the day, you have to put those chances away. Yeah, and I mean, or like, even if not that one, right? If we had 14 shots in, in total, it, it's, it stands to be said that we should have done a lot more with them, uh, and, yeah. and with all that possession too, with the notion that like we were clearly uh, mm-hmm. the more dangerous side. It, it's. And so the problem that, like, the reason I find it so 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 troubling, it's not just that it's the same problem we had last year that's carrying on, because then it's like, sure, it's the coach's fault, right? You can just blame the coach, but like, there's a, a there's a point where you have to say, like, first of all, who among those guys is capable of finishing? Mm-hmm. Right? We definitely have a, a deficiency of talent up front. Oh yeah. Um, which both of us were worried about when Burak came into the season injured. We kind of predicted, okay, this is going to be problematic. He uh, typically is like less reliable as far as being a regular starter player for your team when he's coming in injured. He's like notoriously had troubles in that regard. So we both kind of knew he needed a backup, a good backup that we could rely on. Both of us hoped Diaby might be the guy. And yet here we are, how many weeks in are we? Like ten? Uh, eight. This eight? Eight, match day eight plus three Europa League games, so eleven matches into the season. And zero, zero uh, matches with Diaby as a striker. Yeah, and that's Not the thing. One. I mean, I, I think we we've managed to uh, managed. <laughs> I'm just making up words right now. We've missed. We've we, we've missed uh, a, a clinical striker up top, and uh, obviously coming off this match where Diaby missed that sitter. Um, it's not gonna bode too well, but Diaby is a good finisher. Um, I, I still think he needs to be given a chance up front. He's like proven I, that in this in this in his career before that he when he gets into a flow, he's a good finisher. Uh, so I, you know, I mean, people need to keep in mind he's constantly being played in the wing, and yeah, he's getting in a couple of positions. Uh, and he scored, I think, a good goal against Alanyaspor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a couple of, of, of flashes even uh, even here. Uh, I think the, the first opportunity he created for himself was really good. The second one, he needs to put that away, of course. But it's one chance. He sh- We should be against Ankeregudju. In a match like this, we should be creating four or five chances like that. One yeah. chance that Diaby had. And we created one of them. That's just not enough. And I don't think you can fault a player for not finishing at 100%. Um, obviously, yeah, you can 
criticize him for missing that opportunity because it's a fantastic goal scoring opportunity but i think you need to take a step back and look at the bigger picture where the problem is that we're just not creating enough chances and that's been been a a team throughout the season and uh, we can even criticize burak yilmaz for not being on form um and obviously strikers still have to make runs and have to get in positions and all that but and that's the thing i I, like burak has actually missed maybe like eight chances overall this season right like diaby's missed has he diaby's missed i, I think one right and have and, we even created eight chances this well, season? i think like he's had some touches that like he could have yeah you know but, but i just mean my, my point maybe i'm exaggerating that number but the main point being that people are writing diaby off for the one missed chance he had um, oh yeah, and yeah. like the thing is that i think we have like to sort of back you up here if he's getting opportunities and missing them like regularly uh, and he's not like settling into the offense yeah fine but like like you said the guy's not getting opportunities so it's not like he's being given the chance to settle in and that's that's really speaks for all of the new guys in the unit um irregular playing time because of injuries and whatnot that's that's obviously a problem too but like nobody's really being given the chance to establish themselves in a uh, an, a unit of eleven guys. That's mm-hmm. like the the de facto like these are our eleven guys because that I mean, that just hasn't happened, right? Like we I don't even have we had one match where we've seen like the eleven we want to see, including El Nani and like I don't. Oh. I don't think so. Don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, I think I mean up 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 until now, our best forty-five minutes have been that that forty-five minutes against Chaikurizespor. I mean, maybe uh, and, Wolverhampton. And, and, we played nicely and against even, for eighty minutes. <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't even say that. I think it was just Wolverhampton being poor. Yeah, and yeah. us. I mean, we 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 had the ball, but we didn't create shit. Perhaps it was like um, relative to expectations because we were playing. Yeah, for yeah, of course, yeah, we were expecting to be slaughtered there, I guess. And and the thing is, just that I don't think that's one of those things that people are constantly saying. Oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get demolished. We're gonna get demolished. I don't think that's really it. I don't think Besiktas are a team even despite that we have had a couple of uh, painful losses this season. But I don't think we're easily... Demolished. You know, yeah. ...get demolished because still, despite the poor football we play, and I think our main issue, and despite... We have we have conceded a lot of shitty goals this season, but all in all, I've kind of felt like the defense defending has been decent, even despite now Victor Ruiz being missing, yeah. uh, Gukan yeah. being injured, Douglas... I, I still feel like the, the, the defensive organization is okay. If you compare that, for example, to Fenerbahce, Trabzonspor, Galatasaray, their defending isn't any better than ours. In fact, I would argue our defending is probably better. However... Our, our, our attack is just absolutely impotent yeah. um, and I don't just want to blame that on the strikers I think uh, this is in large part due to the football we're playing uh, leading up to that final third of the pitch I think there's just something missing there where obviously Leitch isn't playing the football we want him to play well, he's also um, out of position oh, as you mentioned yeah and our wings are being ineffective I mean the only thing when we're playing and when Okudu is on the pitch for example the only thing we can hope for is for him to cause some ha- wreck some havoc and mm. and create some chaos and uh, if you look at our wins this season uh, last uh, last win before the international break against Alanya Spor I mean why did we win that match because Okudu 
decided to go on a run and some defender decided to bite and bring him down in the box. Otherwise, I don't think we we, we, we score even a goal if we don't get that penalty. And that's kind of been the story of our season where we just struggle so incredibly um, a lot with finding clear-cut goal-scoring opportunities. Because, for example, like you mentioned earlier, like, Burak has made, missed... And it's an example, of course, an arbitrary example of chances. But the thing is, I think what we've come to with Burak, even after just six months, is where we're expecting him to score on half chances. Yeah, yeah. And we're only producing and half chances. Because if we look at it, like, how many times has Burak gone one-on-one with the goalkeeper? Clear-cut. I don't think I think once. there was once, remember, where he made a, like, poor contact on a, on a cross. But, like... I mean, again, right? Once, like, it's it's so easy to criticize someone for for like but, making a mistake uh, on the yeah. one opportunity they get in like I think five Umut, games. I think Umut had one one-on-one chance as well against Angerigaju, but I was looking away at the time when it happened. So, well, so actually, but uh, here's a pretty good segue. Let's because a lot of the stuff we're, we've been talking about kind of carries on into how we should talk about the next match, which we haven't even gotten into yet. Um, but of course. After the match against Ankara Guju with the disappointing nil-nil result, which um, I should sort of very briefly mention, leaves Besiktas in the precarious position of being 13th in the table. Yeah, nine points um, level on, with Ankara Guju. Just one point above uh, the relegation zone, really. That's right. Just one point above relegation. Although, to be said, to be fair, we're only five points back on, the, on Europe. Yeah, as well. So the it's, the, the it's whole crazy. league is yeah. in disarray. Alanya, by the way, is still on top. Trabzon in second, Fener in third. Yeah. actually here in fourth. Whatever. Um, but so after that match, um, a disappointing one. I think we can all agree. Besiktas mm-hmm. had the unenviable task of facing Braga. Uh, of course, at least it would be at home. It would be in Vodafone Park. But um, for the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a disappointing result, losing two to one or one to two, I guess, considering we're the home side. Um, but so, again, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about was the problem again, especially the, the problems up front. In fact, I think in this match, it was even less of a systemic issue and more of an individual one. Guven Yalcin was really struggling up top. And interestingly, like yeah. it's the only time that Besiktas became a little fluid and dangerous was when he was given a little help up front in the way of Umut mm. Nair, who, by the way, scored. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to talk about this, because you were just talking about how Umut uh, had missed the one chance. And here he got his second and he put it away. How about that? Um, of course. Yeah. And he scored against uh, Gaziantep, too. Oh yeah, and a very a very similar goal to the one he scored against Wolves. By the way, a very clutch goal. I keep same getting as this. confused by the fact that you. Uh, I, I'm still in the mode of, of referring Naga. to him as Gazi Shehir, you know, because uh, yeah, it's like it's a, I'm I haven't I haven't it's like when Pluto stopping a planet. Like I, I'm not used to this. <laughs> I'm not ready. Oh, well, I never I never got into calling them Gazi Shehir. It was always a struggle for me to call them Gazi Shehir. I was I always wanted to say Gaziantep, so I'm happy for the name change. Well, because I also I. Uh, I Gaziantep Spore is still like in the third division, right? So, no, I think they went bankrupt they and or, no. I, no, I think they're like in the amateurs or something. Don't know. Don't yeah, care. I think <laughs> I saw them in like Football Manager 
I never have time for these things, so I'm not going to invest too much time in paying attention to them in, in particular. But yeah, uh, anyway. Mm. Uh, but so yeah, Braga. So I guess let's just get the dirty talk out of the way. Besiktas has lost three out of three matches in Europe and dead last with zero points in the group. And all avoidable losses, despite how shit we are. All avoidable yeah. uh, losses like um, that kind of were decided very late in each of I, those I, matches. You know what? I mean, with, with just a, a little bit of more quality, I think we have nine points right now. Um, when So the important match moments uh, in, in the Europa League were obviously um, them taking the lead fairly early. Like not now, it was, towards, it was almost halftime, but in the first half. Um, and then Besiktas making that tactical switch I talked about. They brought in Umut Nair moved Guven behind him and for like five minutes Guven looked serviceable uh so he mm. i mean clearly he is a secondary striker the the responsibility of being a soul striker is is, a, is beyond him uh, as a 19 or 20 year old i guess now 20. um but uh, yeah as soon as umut nair came in vegetash looked fluid they scored the equalizer umut nair um banging in a a, a rebound who took the initial shot do you remember uh, I don't know. I think it was from a from a John Cross, but I don't. I don't know. Um, there was some yeah. activity, uh, but anyway, let me see actually quickly if they no, they don't credit anyone with it. All right, so but so then Besiktas got a so I mean Besiktas looked lively, dangerous, likely not just af after they drew. They I think they looked likely to maybe pull up, pull ahead. Grab a yeah, I mean, we goal. got a penalty for for heaven's sake. Just and then, like boom, exactly. Later, we yeah. got the penalty, earned that second goal at sea. I'm sorry for the, uh, the yeah. New York sounds in the background there. But despite that, Ljajic would miss the penalty. Besiktas would, yeah, I think... the posts. One thing I, I, I hate so much about football <laughs> is how emotional... The reaction to missing penalties tends to be, or 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 just to sort of catastrophic events in general, and how just it dispirits like the entire unit, and like you could just see the verve and the energy, like spill out of the team with that. It's yeah. such a shame. I have to say, by the way, Sinan, I mean we were unlucky that Europa League for some stupid reason does not utilize VAR. Because if there was VAR, this penalty would have been taken over again because the goalkeeper was off his line way too quickly. Well, and so another uh, important note is that Braga would score late in the match. Yeah. And again, with VAR, they would have mm -hmm. known that the man who collects the ball and brings it up on the wing and crosses it in for the goal... <laughs> cuckoo. Uh, but yeah, that guy uh, was offside. So... With VAR, yeah. not only would the penalty have been retaken, but then additionally the, their goal wouldn't have stood because he was off, and it was fairly clear. Um, the the British announcer I watch on BR Live with his Europa League, uh, he was incredulous because he saw it actually, and then when they played mm -hmm. a replay, it was like he was offside. So it was um, yeah, it was a shame, you know. Uh, it, it speaks to the value of VAR on the, the one hand. We, we the like officiating, to talk bad about VAR, but. But, yeah, but the level of officiating in the Europa League so far has been very dreadful in our matches. We have to say, I mean, if you just just in the in the, the Bratislava match, the, the, the officiating was so poor. I feel like there's always I mean, this, um, like 
refs tend to have this ener- like underdog energy where they enjoy watching these like kind of minnows. Get, yeah, get but I think it's more down to the and... fact that we're we're getting referees from 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 Estonia and 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 very low level leagues yeah, to officiate these games because the, the the Bratislava one, you know, where they ended up scoring the three two, where uh, Rebocho got kicked in the face and he gives a f- corner instead of playing you know the, the the striker was even apologizing to Rebocho and then he felt really bad about kicking him in the f- face could have kicked his head off mm-hmm. and then he gives a corner instead of dangerous play yeah, was, yeah, yeah. that was that was just i could i i just i as soon as i went to the corner i was like oh, this is gonna be a goal because you just know that that's how it goes that's how our season has gone and and you just knew as soon as Lige missed that penalty that they would find the second goal because that's just how our season is i think it epitomizes our season where everything that can go wrong will go wrong yeah i think i said something doom and gloom along those lines like mm. i think i said yesterday yeah, Mur- was a classic Murphy's example law. of murphy's this, law in action this is basic that's just murphy season we should just re- refer you know in the future five years down the lo- row row we shouldn't be talking about the, the 2019 2020 season we're just gonna call it the murphy season it's like you know how we do the tribute years like the left air or whatever like yeah this is the murphy year for Beshita. yeah this is the murphy year man this is ridiculous i have never ever ever experienced this where we just at every single moment, at every single opportunity, we come up at the short end of the stick, except the Alanya Sport. Yeah, we, at least we had one, one thing yeah. to keep us keep our hearts alive. Um, so, but, like, I just mean, to wrap up it, Braga statistically, again, Besiktas had fifty nine percent of the ball to their forty one. Twelve shots, but only yeah. three on target. So, again, just terribly inefficient. Braga fifteen shots, six on target, so way better. Besiktas completed significantly more passes, 645 to their 464. Very efficient passing level, 83% to their 76%. Um, it's really the same old story, man. I don't, you know. And so in our in our group chat, the Besiktas international group chat, there's this running joke now, like, but position possession though, uh, right? Because Kyle and I, I think early on this season, were impressed by the rate of activity and possession and i think you and i are very not impressed by that at the moment for, uh, any or not any longer um well i mean possession is only use is only good if you do something with it utilize yeah, it exactly. you know <laughs> and i think the assumption you, we had was that it was just a matter of time right like at least we have the ball yeah. and then eventually they'll get comfortable scoring it and i think i still have this underlying faith or belief that if they see the ball hit the back of the net a few times, it'll kind of get things moving a little because it just feels like they've forgotten how to score just as a yeah. unit, not even individually. I, I, yeah, I especially have that feeling with a Tyler Boyd, for yeah. example. And I, I, oh. I do have to say here against Braga, I, 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 I saw him make those winger runs that were missing. And you know what the thing with we have been playing Diaby on the on the wing uh, as well and, and he makes some runs from time to time too but his runs are very different than that of a, a than of a, of, a, of a proper 
Oljai type winger, and I think Boyd makes those really good runs. I mean, he had uh, that that early opportunity where he lobbed the goalkeeper and hit the post, uh, like in the second minute or something of the match, which could have been one nil for us. And you know what the thing is? I think if we take the lead in this game, we probably win yeah. it. And I think, and that's kind of the feeling the, I've had like throughout the, the season, season with yeah. all our games. Yeah, I just, I just, we just. It's to the point where we're now even holding the, like Ankaraguji. We held them scoreless. And just couldn't do yeah. it. Like we just couldn't, couldn't yeah. even grab the one. And and I I just don't understand. And I know that there's a lot of of, of people shitting on him already. But I just don't grasp why Tyler Boyd is not playing. Uh, you know, uh, he's just been completely phased out of the team after like a couple of opportunities. Uh, and I, I thought he was good. Net, man. Me I really thought he was good early on. I mean. Uh, he he had a really good match against Sivaspor right up until that 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 idiot goalkeeper decided to smash his fucking head into yeah, his maybe head. That's, I mean, because um, honestly, like we had judged him as having had the best preseason. Him and Muhayir yeah, were we like our one and two punch as far as like yeah. the, the most surprising but very good. Yeah, he was he was great in the friendlies. I thought it was really good in the first 40 or so minutes against Sivaspor right up until that collision with the goalkeeper and then he was clearly concussed because in the second half he was nowhere near yeah, the same player. And you know what? If he got a concussion, it's very well possible that that lingers on for a couple of weeks because I think then his, his, he was very much a ghost in the next match I believe, uh, which I don't remember which match that was at home. Was that the, was that who did we play at home? Was it Gustepe or someone else? I don't know, whatever. Um, but so he didn't have a great start to the season. But I mean, here against as Wolves, I thought he was one of the best men on the pitch. I'm not saying he played a great game, but he was doing useful stuff. I don't, I didn't see him lose the ball in a stupid way. He was giving decent passes to teammates. Uh, he had a he had one really decent cross that Guven just. I don't know what the fuck Guven was doing, but he just didn't go for it well enough and just didn't get there. And then people start shitting on, on, on Boyd for not giving a good yeah. pass, but it was actually... Well, and it's really worth mentioning that uh, Guven Yalcin really mistimed his run. Like, he made that run before Boyd had control. So, of course, how is Boyd going to get it where he needs... Like, I, Guven Yalcin just needs to work on... I don't know. He's he's not supposed to be a striker. He's a central forward. I just, Guven, whatever. He's, Guven is a prime example of a player that needs to go out on loan for one yeah, or two seasons yeah. at least. And you know what? I mean, the same... You know, I Do you remember last... What did I say about Kyle Lauren early last season, before the season even started? What did I say about Lauren? He needed to go out alone. They needed to go sure out. Sure enough. And you even said to Belgium, I think. Yeah. And now, Belgium he's, and now he's he's ripping shit up in Belgium. He's doing really well for Zolte Waringham right now. They're super happy with him. He's I'm really impressed with his performance there. And, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that Kyle Lauren can come back and be a bishop, be our first striker because I don't think he can. I should, just don't see that in him. And I'm not saying that Guven Yalcin can do that, go out on loan and become that. But with Guven, actually, there's potential. Lauren was like 23 already. Guven is only yeah, 20. Guven Look, still only 20. If, if Guven can have like two or three good solid years, maybe he can become a really good top level forward for a club like Besiktas. Look at Vedat Muric, for example, right now at Fenerbahce. He's 25 right now. He carved yeah. out his career for the previous five seasons, starting off in the second division in Turkey for Giresun Sport, playing there for two seasons. Then he went to Gençlerbirli for two seasons. Then he went to Rizespor for two seasons. He's building up that he was building yeah. up that, that that career trajectory and. For Maybe next have Tottenham. Yeah, for strikers, for forwards, um, those 
those years between 20 and 25 are, are very instrumental to, to, to get experience and stuff because uh, for strikers, if you remember Burak Yilmaz, I mean, when did he come into his own as a striker? Because he was playing a lot of as a winger before, but he was like 26, 27 when he really truly broke through as a striker. Yeah, he was and, a real late bloomer. Yeah, for sure. and I think most strikers really come into their own when they're like 25, 26, 27. That's yeah. like the prime years. I think Guven could do really well with going out alone to a club where he'll get guaranteed minutes um and like maybe like again the netherlands yeah. or belgium like where they have an infra- infrastructure for developing young players yeah sure but he is by he is nowhere near ready for playing for Besiktas. he's just not there he shouldn't even be on yeah. the bench right now and that's fine like it's fine you know? yeah it's okay, but we just have to like face reality. We don't have a second striker at the moment, you know? Like it's a problem. And I've always said um, I think Umut Nair is a really good third choice striker, and I stand by that. I know he's not a great qual- I mean, I know he's not a Bishtesh quality player, but you you can't expect for your third striker third to be striker fucking Mario to Gomez, be, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He just needs to be uh, a Mustafa Pektemek level striker that isn't constantly injured. And I think Umut can can do that, can fill that role, can do that job. And I think he's proven that by coming off the bench uh, against Gaziantep and scoring coming off the bench I don't want to sound too superficial like I know it's anecdotal but honestly the what he managed to do against Braga made me feel much better about him as that third option like yeah said. I, I don't like, think as long as he has the ability to, to bang in the occasional goal when yeah. it's presented to him then why the, why the hell not? Yeah, I think he's the typical type of striker that you want to put in in a, in a moment of desperation where you're just throwing everything forward and you want to have one more extra body in the box. I think that's what you want a third striker to be. The second striker needs to be a lot more capable. They need to be able to, when the first striker isn't there, they need to be able to step into the team and lead that offensive line. So the second yeah. striker needs to be of, of, of a significantly higher quality than the third striker. But the third exactly. striker, as long as he has... The first striker gets injured, so. <laughs> yeah, the case third, in point. Third striker, as long as he has some physicality to him, a little bit of a positional awareness, able to make way on the defense a little bit, I think it's fine. I think Umut Nair is a perfect third striker. He earns very little, and you know he's yeah. That's another important. He's not bitching to sit on the trip. bench. He's happy to be at the club. He'll he'll do his job when he's called upon. I think he's just for me. He can still be at the club for for the next four years, and I wouldn't be fussed about it. Guven, it's not has, like you'd be wasting a ton of money. Yeah. I don't want to see Guven play for Bishtesh next season. Yeah, and it has nothing yeah. to do with me. I mean, obviously, I'm not a fan of him, but I think he could become one day a good player. I mean, I, I just think that people underestimate how difficult it is to play for a top three team in Turkey. Uh, I, I think he just needs to take a step down, go play at a lower level, not necessarily a lower level in terms of league, but a lower level in terms of a team. You know, for example, like like Lauren is doing now for Waregem, I think that, that's a perfect type of, of club for a guy like Guven to come into his own and maybe to reach his potential. Um, and if he doesn't, you know what? then so be it. It's not like he costs us a lot of money. I think transfers like Guven are definitely 100% worth making. But you shouldn't be wasting those kids by sitting them on your bench for two, three years. The same thing for Muhayyar Oktay right now. Look, if you're not going to play him, loan him out to a club where you know he's going to get minutes, where you maybe get playing guarantees like we did with Lauren, because we got uh, 20 
uh, matches guaranteed of playing time. Otherwise, they had to pay us a certain amount of uh, loan fee, I believe. So nice. just work, just do that. Why don't you just make more deals like that? Send Guven out on loan in a similar way. Send Muhayir out on loan in a similar way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're not going to play these guys. Like um, in against Braga, Cartel Yilmaz. Cartel Kaida Yilmaz, right? He came out. He looked pretty damn good, honestly. And he's, um, he's like 18, nice right? He's 18, Perfect, so yeah. I, that's perfectly fine to have a kid like that on your bench and to give him a couple of minutes here and there. That's perfectly fine. But a 20... Yeah, National Cup maybe. but a twenty-year-old like Muhair, like Guven, needs to go and 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 get consistent minutes and starts. And Guven is not going to develop by the minutes he's getting right now for Besiktas. In fact, he's going to regress. He's going to lose confidence in himself, and he's. This is going to be a lost year for Guven. No matter how many minutes he plays, this is a lost year for him. Oh yeah, well, maybe maybe he can take some lessons from it. Um, but uh, yeah, he would be far better Only off. Only if his performances improve. Otherwise, it's going to probably do more yeah. damage than yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. He need if he, he must 100% go away this summer and go out on loan, preferably in the winter. I mean, if we, I, I, I assume that we're going to go for a striker in the winter because Avci clearly doesn't think of Diaby as a striker. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the question is, will will Avci still be here come January? Because uh, spoiler alert, our new president has stayed. Yeah, well, okay, perfect, good time. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, any, I guess before we do that, any closing notes on the two matches that we're talking, we've talked about here? Yeah, Braga. Uh, I think we played uh, the worst team in the league in terms of individual quality and just couldn't score. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's not, that's not that's good. It. And then I think Braga. Uh, I just think they start. They played with. They had a lot of respect for us. I think, and I think that's why they didn't hurt us more. Because uh, in terms of because the quality they have with those with the Hochta Bros. Um, and they actually had a lot of chances. Karius played one oh, of yeah. the better matches. Yeah, and and you know that's another one of those examples of Karius having a, a, an excellent performance that will be forgotten. The next because day, because we lose, and uh, recently there have been some uh, arguments on Twitter where people are saying stuff like the only difference between Besiktas and Galatasaray is Muslera, and that is just oh, such a on. stupid statement. I mean, obviously Muslera is great, I'm not denying that, but sure. Besiktas have so much more problems than, than, than the keeper. Than, Come the, on, you know, Carries is like the last, the last problem on them. You know, if you had to make like a checklist of ten. <coughs> Things that are wrong with Bishtesh right now, Karius would be at the very bottom. He <coughs> wouldn't even make the list. Honestly, he might be our most consistently decent player this Apart year. Apart from the, really the, the Bratislava it. match, he's been excellent this season. And like considering how bad just about everyone else has been in spurts, yeah. like it's hard to really call him out as being a particularly yeah. Plus, bad I mean, uh, everyone. I mean, if, if all the other guys are allowed to ha to shit the bed, then why isn't he allowed? Yeah, to have a match? I mean, look at look at Vida. He he lost us a match against Gaziantep too. I mean, it shit happens, you know. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, let's exactly. move on. <laughs> let's talk about some real news here, though. Yeah, yeah. before we uh, depart for the weekend. There is oh, something to, to talk about. And it's big big. Oh yeah, we have to talk about a big match here. That's true. But um, yeah, we have a new president, don't yeah. we? Uh, we yeah. briefly mentioned in the last episode that there was an election forthcoming. We we listed the candidates, 
And sure enough, that it's done and dusted. We have a new president. Khan, mm-hmm. drum roll. Ahmed Nurchebi is the new hey. president of the club, which also means uh, Erdal Trudelare will be returning to the board uh, as well. And uh, well, they they didn't uh, rest on their laurels. They immediately started off with with several campaigns. I believe they launched a campaign in, in the Catalunyasis, where if you buy for two thousand lira, you get an autographed shirt or something like that. And um, I think, yeah, I saw some stuff of of, of board uh, of club members, board members uh, investing some serious money in the club by going into Katayovasi and buying uh, like nineteen one thousand nine hundred and three shirts or something, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so stuff like that. Um, give them, one- give them to Somalian kids or something. I mean, I think um, the good news, the best news to come out of this, and there's actually already some hard news coming out of it, is that. Apparently, our guys had not been paid for a minute or two. And mm-hmm. one of, I guess, Ahmed Nurtebi's first official moves was to pay everyone off. So hopefully that'll kind of yeah. manifest itself in better form, you know, and naturally. But, but how much of an issue could that really have been already at this point in the season? I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't me know. neither. Me neither. I mean, um, it has been suggested that some of our players are faking injuries because of the ridiculous wash list of injuries we have right now um but yeah. I, I i don't know if, if if players would really result to faking injury well not faking injuries because usually it's not they're not if this if this is true where they are quote unquote faking injuries because they're not getting played believe you me they are not faking an injury they're just saying look you didn't pay me i'm not playing and yeah. then the club- and honestly like i don't think yeah no, no, uh, no player club, would do that willingly because like, like an, an injury can hurt. Reason, you if know. you're no, if you're known as like injury riddled, you know, or like you're prone to injury, it's a bad look on you, and and like your next salary could be, you know, that'll factor into it. Oh, you you came up as like missing six games last year. Yeah, yeah, but injured. my point that I was gonna make is that like, usually when that injury stuff comes out, that, that's usually from the club. Like if yeah, that's if I'm, there I'm, is I'm a, if there is a if there is a no legit player would willingly do that. You know? Yeah, no, indeed. Like players don't just fake injury. It happens. I I know a couple of cases where it happened. Like players yeah, will fake injuries. Cases, yeah. If you want out of contract with something, then yeah, players will fake injuries if they want to force a transfer. If they want to, you know, get, get yeah, get get out of the contract or whatever. But players are not gonna fake injuries because they didn't get paid. They're, yeah, no, when they don't dire, get paid, yeah. they're just gonna say, "Look, I'm not playing a, a minute until I get paid." And then the club may come out and say, "Look, he's injured because they don't yeah, exactly. want proof out there." So exactly. that's possible. But you can't put that on the player, exactly. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, point. you can't. No. So uh, people out there who are saying that they're faking injuries because they're not getting paid, you're 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 being stupid. Yeah, um, and like you don't you don't get to just say you're injured and then you don't play. Like medical departments have to make yeah. clearance on that so it's not like yeah. you can just be like oh sorry not, man my leg's not, broken I it's not that or... easy you can do it though i mean but it, it's not that simple um, food poisoning <laughs> you can fake food poisoning. Um, yeah. anyway yeah but so anyway but like i perhaps this was all uh, a kind of propaganda campaign to sort of make it like hey good news look what our new guy is already done but you know, whatever. I'll take it because not I, much else he can do right news. now. We we can yeah. use any good news we can get at this point, and uh, yeah, I'd like to imagine that 
these guys are now paid and feeling a little better going into, of course, the big match. Mm. Should we talk but, about that? Yeah, is there, is there more to say about Ahmed Nurchebi? Well, I, I just want to, I because I find it difficult to have any expectations whatsoever. I don't really know what to expect. But so what are you expecting from this this new uh, board? Ownership. Are you expecting something in January already? Are you expecting moves? Are you expecting a new coach? Uh, because Ahmed Nurchebi did say that he was going to give Abdullah Afci until January. So I assume that if he doesn't turn shit around, and I, I honestly don't think he will. Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably end the first half of the season with like, I don't know, 13, 15 points if we're lucky. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that, that Afch is out in, in, in January. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not blaming Afchi 100%. Obviously, he has responsibility. <coughs> I think some blame, but yeah. Really early on, I really felt like he had no blame. Like, he was just dealt a really bad hand. But now, slowly but surely, I'm starting to see stuff where he's just making blatant mistakes. Like I I've think said his... this on Twitter, but his subs, man, his subs have been. Just yeah, that, that's I mean, for me have... the one. Yeah, we the have one to keep in mind on that him. he doesn't have many options. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with all the injuries, do? but like for example, against uh, against Ankaragücü, I really didn't understand why he took Lens out. I'm not saying Lens was playing a good, uh, particularly good game, but taking out Lens took the wit out of our team. I actually and... agree. I think Lens was playing well, and not only that, but like I think it was maybe his second or third good match in a row, and so it was actually what really made me. Even more suspicious was that he didn't play against Braga, and then not only did he, he didn't even bring him as a sub, he was on the bench. Oh, I think I think he's sparing him for Galtzray. I that was what I said later. I was like, maybe he's yeah, no, he's I, on I think good that, form. He wants I think Atiba, I think Lens are both being spared for for the derby. Yeah, um, I assume that about Atiba for sure. Yeah, because he's also but, old, <laughs> older, <laughs> older. Yeah, yeah, aged, yeah. like a fine wine, but, like a fine wine. Um, Just like Oak, us, Khan. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I'm having a birthday uh, next week. I'm turning 31, so I'm still young at heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, you know. good uh, save at the end. Uh, but no, for <laughs> sure. I think, um, yeah, that was what I was, sorry, I guess hoping for was that uh, he had be he was being saved because otherwise it made no sense. He's on really good form, I think. I think Jeremy Lenz is interestingly one of those silver linings of this whole story he's mm. been a sort of steadying presence so you know what i mean when nkudu when nkudu is fit and when lens is doing well i completely understand that you maybe leave boyd on the bench maybe yeah. but what i mean we've seen plenty of games now where it was either just nkudu or it was just lens and then boyd isn't even on the bench i mean he's brought in orkin orkan chinar twice oh, instead of tyler boyd that's not even my God. I don't know. At this point, um, you know, I, I think I don't want. No, I think the blame on on, on Afchi is like thirty percent, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. think it's his reluctance to 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 change formation back to like a four two three one, um, which I, I understand that he wants to make that four three three work. I really do. I understand that he has a, has a vision and he wants to make that vision work. But I think he just needs to realize at this point. It's not about realizing his vision anymore. It's about saving his own ass. It's about, yeah, uh, exactly. And that means Securing results. The bag. And I, yeah, I think he just needs to look. If if he could get the trick, and I, I am one hundred percent sure he will not be able of doing this because writing this. Getting this train back on track is impossible. It's like a freight train that's derailed. You, you, yeah. There's no stopping it. Um, but well, and so this is know, the problem. It's like his, what kind of coach willingly 
takes on this responsibility at this point too. It's not like yeah. we're gonna get like the, the the pick of the litter, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's also why I think it, it's wise what uh, Ahmed Nukchebi said of, of we're gonna give him until January because I don't think sacking uh, sacking Afchi right now. I, I understand like for me, I understand that the story of Afchi is over at Besiktas. I think there's no salvaging it. I, I'm I don't like saying that because I really had high hopes for him and I. Again, I think under different circumstances he could have been successful, um, but he was just dealt a really, really bad hand. He had lots of bad, you know, lots of lots of mitigating circumstances. But at the end of the day, it, it's not worked out. And I, I just, like I said, it's a derailed freight train. You can't get that back on track. And then it comes to looking to the future. Who's going to take this job? And I think the most likely candidate right now is Sergen. Um, and do you really want to hand Sergen this yeah, right now? Yeah, it's going to ruin his I career. Think, I mean, ideally, you you bring him, you bring Sergen in right at the beginning, or or any other coach, you bring him in right at the beginning of the, of, of the winter break, so that person has the entire winter break to the put his plans train, together. Yeah, um, yeah <sighs> and I don't. I'm so. This is the conversation that I'm not ready to have because I'm so <laughs> unexcited about the prospect of doing this all over again, yeah. implementing a whole new system. It really, like, it's such a, it signifies such a waste of time, such a, such a huge amount but of time the lost. Thing, the thing, what I like about Sergen and Sergen's coaching is that he's good at, um, how should I put it? Uh, he's not going to come in and implement one set system he's gonna look at his players and he's gonna say oh look here yeah. we have a dennis we have dennis turich here i'm gonna you know put him in a central important role i'm gonna make him my star i'm gonna you know that do that and then at alanya he did that with, with other players and he's done that at, at different clubs i think he's for example i think for example sergan if he comes in he's gonna make light important and he's gonna get Hopefully yeah, he's the a, best I out think of I, I equate him to be like he's like a player's coach. You know, I think he communicates with players well. Yeah. Um, he. I, a lot of players, I think, can recall his career and know he. You know, he's not I just don't talking out of his ass. I don't even think that that's the case because if look at Alanya, look at the squad they have. I mean, it's not like they had a lot of Turkish players. So I remember there was a story. Uh, he was talking to an attacking midfielder on their squad about how. He had Diddy's. to play more oh, within the system, yeah, right? And then he was like, well, you F didn't do it. He's like, yeah, with but you're F not as good as I was. So, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I feel yeah, like there's yeah. some... Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. This is John. But obviously that will only that will only work with, with uh, the Turkish players and with a very I mean look at our if you look at our squad, that's not gonna work with, with most of those players. You know, Lige isn't gonna you know but I think he's gonna be able to, to to find common ground with a guy like Lige. I think there's a lot of similarities there in terms of personality, in terms of playing style, stuff like that. So I think he could get like the best out of, of, of a Lige, for example. Now, but the thing is like, you're giving whoever, if it's Sergen or if it's uh, Jorge Jesus or whoever takes the job, I don't know, I'm just throwing a name out there. But whoever <laughs> takes the job is gonna have a really difficult uh, task and you know, with this new uh, president being a, with us having right, a new no president now and stuff like that, I think I think people are going to be expecting like big moves in in January. But I, I would, no, I actually, so this, you know, so to yeah. answer your question, what I expect from this is kind of honestly more of the same, a little bit, because 
it's like they went within house. You know, he's been around the block. He's been with the club this whole time. Um, he's bringing guys that are that have also been around. You know, circulating well, he, around. he left the boards like uh, last year, so he wasn't with the with the with the board for the last year or so. But he was no, part I mean, of the, just generally, the right? Like, it's yeah, not yeah, like he's gonna create like. It's not like he's gonna bring in like the IX system, you know, whatever. Like we've talked about. Like, I well, think... actually, actually, Erdal Nolaro was was talking about that a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, Arben Nurcebi and and Erdal are on the same page well, on all the things. I think. That's and right. so I think that that long term, I'm not saying the IX system, but I think long term that, that Erdal is going to push for uh, some some significant fundamental changes at the club. But I don't think that's something we're going to see in January. I don't yeah, think it's something it's we're going to see. It's going to be a process, yeah. if anything. And great, if that's the case, fantastic. I like the sound of it. I'm not oh, like another thing, by the way, that they immediately took. Uh, and grab by the balls is the pitch. They they immediately imp- worked on improving the pitch nice. as well. Yeah, I mean so. that's my my general feelings is that like change is good, especially now needed. I think um, I don't like that secret Orman spun it as like mission accomplished because like what mission was like. <laughs> I mean I, we've both we've both uh, defended him actually a, a bunch. I I still feel like he got the short end of the stick in so oh, far. Oh yeah, like, I feel. I what the sorry economy did yeah. to his tenure. Yeah. <laughs> what our, our kind of wacky fan base has honestly like degenerated into. Maybe always mm. was. I don't know. But like as far as I can tell, like I've been, um, like the fact that we couldn't sell tickets to this Braga match. That's not. I don't like. You know the whole form is temporary, class is permanent. The class of our fans has not proven to be so permanent mm. uh, in the last couple of years. I've been just I, I understand it to a degree as well, though, uh, Sian, because I mean, from the twenty or so years that I've been watching Besiktas, I don't, I don't remember. Well, there was Come that on, period. Man, like, you'd be there, right? I'd be there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I understand. I, I don't <laughs> remember a single period. Uh, well, maybe like a smaller period, but I don't remember ever where we were this underwhelming no i i get it yeah. no, you're right you're right we're bad i mean like the the the, the post 2004 the post gem papilla the, the 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 two years after that were um difficult and frustrating um, so what i mean though about the fans though but, is i feel like the one constant that should exist for a club like Besiktas is that um mm. you know the 12th man dynamic right like you know the fans will always have your back at the very least. Yeah. And I feel but like the we're profile of fans that. has changed. I think social media has changed the culture. Yeah, yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, no across doubt. the world so much. And I mean, we were talking about this the other day where uh, I was saying that, look, the pressure for a guy like Guven is just too big. Uh, and I think with the emergence of social media, because back in the day, you know, back in the 80s, we had 20-year-olds coming in and, and breaking through and doing great things. And one of those guys was, of course, Sergen. And obviously, a, a, a Sergen-like talent doesn't care about pressure. They, they don't allow pressure to get to them. But those are those are really rare talents. Yeah, but most young players, when they come into a team, you know, back in those days, it was very different. I think nowadays with, with social media and stuff. Yeah, no doubt. The pressure is felt only, you know, even 100 times more and... Well, and like uh, I think people are yeah. there's like conflicting messages in social media where it's well, like yeah. be yourself, but like don't stick out or you're gonna get 
You know, like it's it's a tough climate for for footballers in general. Plus, how quickly do are do fans turn on a player? That's what I'm saying. Look at yeah. look at Boyd. Look at Boyd. He played three games and 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 fans two games and fans were already turning on him. And that's just I mean oh, I, I hate to push the button on. I know this is gonna piss off a lot of our listeners, maybe, but. Look at Babel. And I hate to say it, but I remember yeah. the way he left saying, what can we expect him to think of our club now? How do you expect... Like, that bridge has been burnt by our fans. <laughs> well, and then they're all pissed he's, off that he's joined the rival. It's like, well, what do you yeah, expect? Yeah, but what, what, took, what, took, what took our fans like one and a half year took their fans like, uh, like two, three months exactly, to... Yeah, yeah I mean... Clubs and fans will always be worse. Yes, now in this sense, it's true. But yeah, yeah but I in general, know. just... I mean, it's just a situation... We, just a toxic, toxic fan base, uh, and I think that's not just ours. That's just like Fenerbahce Galatasaray. Right? They it's all have maybe it. Maybe Turkish football it's right just, now. You know, it's a yeah, yeah, maybe to an extent. But but the big three, their fans, fan bases are just so toxic. I mean, dude, remember Ankara uh, Gucci fans were throwing things at our players on the pitch again. Like it's, it's yeah, but that's different. It's like that's that's different. I mean. I don't know. I mean, look. look I, 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 on one end, I'm calling our fans toxic. On the other hand, I'm shitting on Guven every chance I get. And, and <laughs> well, come is, on. You know, you, you, you have to give too. young, you have to give younger players opportunities and chances to fail. However, I think that Guven has been at the club for two years now, and he's had lots of opportunities, uh, and he's been, had lots of opportunities this year. Um, there's a difference where Guven has already shown that he just cannot carry that 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 attacking line where whereas uh, Tyler Boyd has not had the opportunity I think to prove himself one way or another um, yeah he didn't he didn't score on this fucking debut and he didn't give 20, 20 uh, four or five assists uh, hey look at Ricardo Quaresma at Kasem Pasha zero goals zero assists no pressure though <laughs> I mean, no one yelling yeah. about it that's funny no, I, I didn't even know that <laughs> Look, Tyler Boyd. Just, I mean, I, I see good, I see promising things with him, but I think when you're new at a club and there's a lot of pressure, he's never played for a club like Bishtesh before. He's gonna need time. And what happened to the kid? He played a couple of games, didn't straight away have a huge impact, and, and Avci just took him out. And 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 it's not like his replacements have done any better. Clearly, so not. yeah, not yeah. at all. I mean, Orkan Gina, right? Like, what is he doing out there? Yeah, I mean, mm. I, I as a like as far as Fikret's legacy goes, I I still generally feel pretty bad for him. Uh, as far as Ahmed Nurchevi goes, I'm sort of uh, lukewarm because you know it's gonna be a similar story where like if he gets it, some success, a, we're gonna yeah, put him on a pedestal. Job. We'll put him on a pedestal, and then as soon as there's some external crisis that leads to his some like failure in any regard we're gonna tear him down it's like i'm almost like yeah. it's the same thing with getting a new coach you know I'm, I'm almost just worried about how it's gonna turn out at this point you know i think i think um Nukchebi has a very different personality though a little bit he's less flamboyant than fikret omans i think oman liked the limelight he liked the attention he's a little bit of a I guess you could call him a billionaire playboy. I don't think Ahmed Nukchebi is that at all. I think he's a very different profile of, of chairman. Humility, right? More humility. Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting that from him at least. I'm expecting him to not um, 
I, I expect him to operate more on the background. I don't t think he's gonna constantly be wanting to take the the center stage. Now, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he does it early on now, just to take a little bit of the pressure off of the coach and of the club. Mm. I think he maybe he'll do it a little bit more. But once he hopefully once the the team settles down a little bit with whoever comes in as a new coach, or if Afchi manages to turn things around, whatever, I, I think he'll take a little bit of a step back. I hope. He will at least. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just such a difficult job he's going to get, man. And, and like the January transfer window isn't exactly a, a window where you can just w turn shit around just like that. I mean, I think we ideally, I think if they would manage to get like a good striker in January um, and maybe a winger, I think a, a striker and a winger could really help a new coach out a lot yeah a good creative Especially a striker I yeah mean. yeah but uh, we need we need a we need a winger too i think we need we need more creativity we need although you know you don't know i mean if if whoever comes in as a coach or if, if afchi decides to switch to a 4-2-3-1 and suddenly light's engine starts spurring Maybe that'll be enough to to get us some more creativity, and maybe Nkudu will. I keep waiting. Yeah, for... but yeah. Anyway, uh, but let's let's look towards our match this weekend because yeah, one more talking point yeah. that we have to definitely cover, and it's a big one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how much there is to say about it at this stage, but it definitely deserves being mentioned. So Besiktas has a home match this weekend, but against another side from Istanbul. So it's one of those ones. Uh, a derby match against Galatasaray. The game will be on at noon here in New York City on Sunday. So that's uh, six o'clock for you, Khan, I believe. Seven or eight in Istanbul. Check your local listing, as always. Never just trust me on any of this stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, big one, we could say. Galatasaray is currently in sixth place in the table with. 13 points, so not a dominant lead over our nine. Uh, a win for Besiktas would bring us within a point of Galatasaray, much to my surprise, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Um, Khan, I mean, what do you think? What, like, what are the talking points we have before the match? What are you worried about? What are you excited about? I think it's the derby uh, the, with the least amount of fan excitement. In, in a long time. Oh, in I can't remember how long. Um, well, there's maybe been... Man, no, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think there's more like... Yeah, I think a lot of our fans are kind of dreading that we're going to run into another loss. And I would not be surprised if we do lose. Although I'm not expecting a loss, if I'm quite honest. Because I think Galtzar are pretty poor. They're very poor, too. Uh, they really remember me of... Uh, remind me of um, us uh last season or the season before where we had this really good team but they're all complacent and the difference is that we were performing really well in the champions league but they can't even do that and i i don't know they have a on paper an amazing side i think um i think there's a couple of players there if you would put them into our team that would solve a lot of issues probably uh but I think they're just not performing really well. They're really poor um, on the road. Galatasaray struggle anyway. Um, yeah, Terim is not on form either. Uh, so yeah, I think it's gonna be a match, maybe exciting because they're both shit teams, but they're both gonna want to win. 
Um, and there's gonna be some pressure, uh, but I don't know. I think it's gonna be a draw, honestly, and, and maybe either a draw or by some miracle we win 1-0 or they win with like one goal. I think it's gonna be very tight regardless. Um, ah, I'm inclined to agree. It's a derby, yeah. first of all. You really never yeah. know, but like it's not Usually the shit crazy. team wins. The yeah, shit team honestly, usually wins. Because right. we have like less to lose, you know, in a weird way. And yeah, but let's not forget forget our Murphyism. That's right. Yeah. This is Murphy's year. This is the mm. year of Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> We've replaced the year of Seba with the year of Murphy. Um Yeah, I mean yeah. let's talk Maybe about you can just call quickly. the podcast this the, the year of Maybe Murphy. we could just this this episode you can just make it episode ninety one, the year of Murphy. Let's just <laughs> do teams from now on team titles <laughs> um but so like lineup what are you looking for in this lineup so we're oh. gonna see el neni um in the super mm. league which is uh I, I think i think the most important thing is what we need to look at is what we won't be seeing because we have a wash list of injuries yeah so let's I talk think about we that have don't talk back? Is just, well i've 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 heard conflicting reports uh, I've heard people say he's out for four weeks, and I also heard he's gonna start against Galatasaray on Sunday. Yeah, so I don't thing. know. So, but for all, I'm just gonna list like we have seven players right now that are supposedly out, which are Dorokan, obviously he's out for A six while. months or so. Burak Diaby, um, Victor Ruiz, Gokhan Gunnel, Douglas. Um, uh, just and, after he starts playing well, Douglas goes out. And I think that's that's maybe it. But then I think there's some guys like like a Gokhan Gunnel who might be fit. I don't know because uh, his injuries he's injured a lot. But the little ones. But usually his injuries are like short term stuff, and usually he can come back quickly and maybe play with an injection and still do a job. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Gokhan makes it. Uh, for example, I wasn't expecting Olsan to play against uh, Braga, but he was there. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I maybe I'm even hearing now that since the the wages got paid, that Diaby is supposedly uh, fit. Oh, and Nkudu, of course, Nkudu is uh, supposedly still oh, out with that's it. That's maybe the most important one. I yeah, I think Burak and Nkudu and, and 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 well Ruiz too. Uh, those are very important uh, players for us uh, because you have to keep in mind. Avci started the season with a certain philosophy of building from the back, and Victor Ruiz was so important in that. Yeah, and missing the, the ball is, playing. Defender yeah. right, that we needed all summer. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Here's a fun question: If he's not ready, if Ruiz is not back, would you rather see alongside Domingos Vida, Nejip, or I think Rocco again? Enzo Rocco. Yeah. See, this is we forgot to mention this in the Braga discussion, but Enzo Rocco featured in a big rarity, and I gotta say, yeah. man, he did pretty well. Even on the ball, which is funny, but whatever, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they play the type of football that really puts into the test because they play mainly over the wing quickly. And like you said, uh, they, they were very respectful of us for a while. Yeah, and scared. they don't have like a, a big center forward that he's constantly going to have to battle with. I think if you, I, I think where I, I'm, I would be really curious to see uh, Rocco against uh, okay. uh, Muric oh. or uh, Rocco against Surloff. Sur that's a, a battle I'd like to see. I think that's he like, can how handle I, Falcao. Falcao is like not so explosive anymore, right? So, yeah, but he's smart. 
He's really smart. So, yeah, but 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 Falcao isn't gonna play anyway because the guy hasn't trained in four weeks or so. So, he's not gonna play. That's uh, probably. So it's probably gonna be Andone, which who who I'd be a little bit more worried about if yeah, I'm he's quite frankly. Yeah, a little frankly. bit more dirty. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I would not be surprised actually if if we lose one nil with a Ryan Babel goal. <laughs> oh my God! Don't say it, God. Imagine. Yeah, I didn't think about goal. that. Oh, I just had to go. And then him celebrating and getting and and then people running onto the pitch trying to trying to punch him. Yeah. At least he that's didn't the, take the number eighty-one. I'm glad that our fans 80, were pressing for that. 80, 80, 80. 80, whatever. Oh God, yeah. I've already added a one <laughs> just to make it more. Powerful. Oh god. Um, yeah, but so yeah, obviously uh, stay tuned, guys. The yeah. guys and gals and whatever, like everyone, stay tuned. It's gonna be. A, folks, a, I always say folks, folks because that's then the way to do it. That's the way to do it. We're the wokest podcast around, man. Now, um, yeah, man, the wokest Bishikdash podcast. Yeah, on the on the on the multiverse. But um, yeah, I, I mean, gosh, just stay tuned. It's gonna be a fun match. No matter what happens, it's gonna be exciting. I think we can. I don't it. know if it's gonna be well. It's just by its nature, be, you're gonna be enthralled. It's gonna be exciting. I don't know if it's gonna be fun necessarily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Look, right. If they, yeah. if they, if they, look, that's one of those things. If they score early, I think it's gonna be a very, very long evening because then it's just gonna be like, let's say they score in like minute thirteen, and it's just gonna be like. 90 minutes with extra time in calculated and 90 minutes of just sitting there and just knowing that you're not gonna score uh, and it's just gonna be like oh can this just end already sure. so let's just hope they don't score early and that hey let's hope we score and early you hey. know what the main thing let's hope for a good clean game let's hope for like a real football oh, yeah. match no cards none of that tomfoolery you know none of the crazy look the police are here they're they're here warning us about what could be coming ahead we don't need it's for any you and babble exactly um but yeah just play don't provoke 90 minutes no fighting and our fans too just everyone everyone yeah. be cool but I, I i think that fighting is usually that's not something that's gonna happen quickly in a bishtesh galtry match um, I mean, my thing is yeah. that nobody will care enough about this match to fight because <laughs> both teams are in such disarray. Uh, but that's dark. That's well, dark. Them, the thing for them, though, is that like they can still turn their season around with a with a big win. Well, okay, let's uh, just say um, on the record here, Khan, that mathematically everyone can still turn it around. You know, just because of how yeah. close everyone is. Like, if we won and we we're a point behind Galatasaray today on Monday. I think we we might start having delusions of grandeur again, uh, but we'll see. I guess we'll s stay tuned for that. Of course, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there this match is more important for them than it is for us because our season is over anyway. We're out of Europe, ugh. not mathematically, but we are realistically out yeah, of Europe. Europe is we've more lost, of a mathematical certainty. We've lost three out of three, and we've lost two out of three home games already. So we know that we're out of Europe already. We're going to probably get three points in Bratislava at home. Knock on fucking wood. Oh my God, we at we least don't. get that. Um, and that's probably all we're going to get in uh, in Europe this season. So we know that's over. We know the, champ the championship is nowhere near a possibility anymore. Well, a Europa League ticket might still be possible. But hey, let's not relegate first. So 
for us, our season's pretty much over. It's it's just <laughs> so dark. going through the motions a little bit. But for them, they need to win this because another draw, another loss of points for them. If Fenerbahce don't drop points, if Alanya Sport don't drop points, look, if Alanya win, they have what seventeen points? No, wait, they're on they're on seventeen already. Yeah. They're so they be they'd have twenty points. If Galatasaray lose, they'd be seven points behind already. They can't afford that. They can't afford not to win the league this season, as we all very well know. Yeah, with their wise. big investment and all these loans and everything. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, they'd be so yeah. screwed. I love that. That that I'm all about that. Well, so I mean, I'll give you the flip side. You've given us that side. I'll give you the other side, which is that you could also kind of conversely see this as the fulcrum point for Besiktas. In so far as if you lose here, it's like the nail in the coffin. You know, you can Bram Stoker that shit. Yeah. You can just go live in the crypt. Uh, on the other side, though, with a win. It could be that, you know, at least if you're Abdul Abji, you're kind of praying that this is the this is the moment that the team gets it together, gains that momentum, gains that spark that they can carry on, maybe put a goal or two into the back of the net, get comfortable with, with the notion of scoring again, and, uh, you know, push on from here on out. I say that because, um, uh, you know, the next few weeks for Besiktas are going to be, yeah, you know, not... So bad. Uh, Antalya score, mm. Denizli, Konya, but you know that, that can actually be fairly tough. Kaiseri, Kasim Pasha. Um, this would be, in theory, right? If you could string together a few results here, and I didn't even mention the European games that are going to be played in between some of those matches because that's done and done. Like that, I think you could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, and you know what the thing is? If we were at full of, or nearly at first, like, look, if we would have a fit Burak, if we would have a fit Nkudu and a Victor Ruiz and and all that, I would actually feel quite good about this match and about us getting a result. Um, because I think uh, we, 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 obviously, Alanya were better than us, I felt like, but we got a result there. So why shouldn't we get a result against Galtzray? But the thing is that we are just, we're literally going to be playing with a C squad again. We Against Braga, we played with a C squad too. And that's just such a tough hand, man. I, I, it's, it is. But we nearly got a result against Braga, so we maybe. Especially yeah. considering we're, we're we're playing Galatasaray's like twenty-five billion dollar <laughs> A squad here. Well, <laughs> but well, they won't. They'll be without Falcao too, of course. So. Yeah, yeah. Likely, I think. Um, Although that might be to their benefit, as we said. I think Andone has proven more well, I, so far. I, yeah, it's difficult. You know, Falcao has only played like one hundred and eighty minutes or something. So he's a flop just because he's played some just on that. I was gonna yeah, say, that's but terrible. when he played, I mean, we have to keep in mind he played in the derby against Fenerbahce and he scored a good goal. Okay, it was offside, but it was a good finish. It was a clean clinical finish um and then he had um a near goal against paris saint germain uh and then he scored on his debut through a massive deflection which when you're for cow you still get credited to your name um <laughs> Somehow, no yeah. but i mean yeah still i mean he's a quality he's a fantastic player despite him being older and stuff yeah, like that I, so. yeah yeah let's just hope he doesn't find his form against uh, he's not gonna play against us let's know? hope he doesn't play and find let's his hope, form yeah. against us and scores a hat trick or something stupid i'm honestly now that you mentioned it i'm just gonna be keeping my eye on bobble the whole match that <laughs> scares me motherfucker's gonna <laughs> score you know it like and we kind of almost deserve it that's the thing that kills me too is like the guys who are gonna probably be the angriest are the ones that created this problem 
whatever. Um, yeah, man, I think that's it. We've we've uh, we've given our listeners lots to think on, to stew on, to 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 peel over, to to you know get them excited for this coming weekend or not. Probably not actually, but whatever. Um, I do have one more thing to say. Go Besiktas! Hey, and, you have to still say it. And, and, and let us know, let us know if you prefer the old format of your, or if you just like us uh, shooting the breeze like this, uh, shooting out of the hip and uh, just chatting uh, and hit us up chaotically. We can still get back into the old uh, hashtag after the beat, etc. Uh, let's go, guys. We still have some inflation. We've got this. We get this win. We get this. this win this weekend. It's, it's, it's the season starts today. Uh, <laughs> Where is it? Uh, right. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.